there, everyone, and welcome to Mimosa Talk. I'm your host, Lizzie B. Now, this is my first episode, so bear with me as I figure out how to podcast. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, There's two things I love a lot in life, and that is TV shows and mimosas. So I thought, why not bring them together into one? You know what's better than talking about everything that's happening in the world of TV? Talking about it with a mimosa in your hand. And thus, the origin story for Mimosa Talk. It's riveting, I know. I've been reviewing TV shows for my site, Crave You TV, for about seven years now, and I figured starting a podcast about the latest TV news, spoilers, major TV moments, 90s crushes, and all that jazz is kind of the next step for me. And yes, uh, when I do go into episode reviews, I will give spoiler warnings, just in case you haven't watched it yet and want to skip that portion for later listening. So I think we should just go ahead and start, right? Um, have you poured your mimosa yet? What are you What are you waiting for? Let's talk about TV. Cheers! Fall TV is coming at us full speed. In just a few short weeks, all of your favorite shows are going to be fighting for your attention. Seriously, there is like eight shows I want to watch on a Wednesday night alone. If you do the math, that's basically impossible. Unless I quit my day job which in all honesty sounds like a very appealing solution. Thankfully, uh, This Is Us returns Tuesday nights um, when there's limited competition from my eyeballs. The trailer for This Is Us made a ton of noise, not because we were all crying, but because they're bringing a whopping 10 new characters to the series. Now, my initial reaction to this was, who the hell are these people, and are they going to take away from my time with the Pearson clan? However, these new additions include some pretty big names, so my interest was piqued. Once Upon a Time's Jennifer Morrison is taking on a military role and will have a quote-unquote substantial impact on the new season. There's so many theories floating around about her character. Um, The one I like the most is that she's Kevin's future wife and possible mother of his child. If you do remember the final episode of the last season... Um, the scene went to the future where Rebecca was like lying on her deathbed and Kevin, who had just broken up with Zoe in the past because she didn't want to have children, had a little kid running around. Um, so, you know, the theory is that Jennifer Morrison's character is that kid's mother. Um, but Revenge's Nick Weschler also appears in the trailer, and in one part of it, it kind of looks like he's the man in the photo on her desk hugging the child. So another theory is that he could be the child's father, and Kevin becomes a stepfather in the future, which I wouldn't be opposed to. Um, given that the series is taking a leap into the future now, the sheer number of new faces kind of makes sense. Randall and Beth are going to have new neighbors in their new neighborhood. The future kids are going to have new friends. Plus, they're adding in three new actors to play the big three at their youngest age. They're going to be four or five years old, taking on little Randall, little Kate, and little Kevin. And yeah, we've seen them when they were a little bit younger as newborns and stuff like that. But aside from like their teenage versions and their like middle school versions, these are going to be the youngest big threes that we've seen. So it's really exciting and there's a lot of opportunity to meet other, you know, parents and moms and whatever. So the new 10 cast members kind of make sense. 
um, Milo Ventimiglia, who plays beloved dad Jack Pearson, was also just cast in USA's limited series Evil Knievel. Milo has mastered the 70s look and vibe, so this role kind of just speaks to him. But it also requires him to play a daredevil that's aware of the probability that his next jump will kill him. I'm definitely excited to see Milo in this new role and taking on this daredevil side, but I really hope that it doesn't take away from his This Is Us character. And, you know, for now they're saying that production won't begin until 2020 so that the shows will likely not intersect. And I'm hoping that remains the case because a huge part of This Is Us is Jack Pearson, even though he, you know, we see him in flashbacks and he's no longer alive and with us. But I mean, he is the patriarch of the family and he kind of holds the show together. And speaking of shows that will make me cry, uh, Riverdale's coming back in October and it announced that the first episode of the fourth season will be an in memoriam to Luke Perry. I'm already crying. Perry, who played the father of Archie Andrews, passed away unexpectedly back in March at the age of 52 from complications from a stroke. Now, I'm glad that the series waited to touch on Fred's death until this season. It's a new slate, and the first episode allows them to just take a step back and honor him properly. I mean, the middle of a ridiculously twisted season filled with the farm and griffins and gargoyles and Archie getting attacked by a bear, you know, just wasn't the right moment. But now they can finally honor him and pay tribute to him in a standalone episode, you know, that's just going to be all about him. Uh, not much has been said about this episode other than that Shannon Doherty, Perry's 90210 on-screen love, will be guest starring and will play a significant role. Um, there's a few pictures that have been released by the CW, which includes the teens kind of just taking a moment to remember Perry and Archie crying on his mother, Molly Ringwald's shoulder. Seeing Molly there for Archie also solidifies that she'll be taking on a bigger role this season, as promised, following Perry's passing. And you know what? Like, Archie needs some kind of parent. Riverdale is already running around loosey-goosey, so he needs someone to kind of rein him in and just be there for him. So I'm excited to see Molly Ringwald become a bigger part of the cast, even though it is for a very unfortunate situation. Look, no matter what story avenue they decide to go with when it comes to Perry's death, I know that I'm going to be crying like an infant. Uh, there's going to be tears everywhere, a lot of mimosas probably, but as long as we all go into this episode prepared and just ready to, you know, cry, have a good cry. I mean, sometimes it's just necessary. Also returning on Wednesdays, see, I told you there's so many shows on Wednesday, is the whole one Chicago lineup. That's three shows, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Chicago PD. Now, all three shows ended on massive cliffhangers, but they'll likely get resolved in the premiere episodes. What we're all excited about is the annual crossover episode, which is going to have a little bit of a sci-fi feel to it. Um, it kicks off with a mysterious illness, and it gains inspiration from Independence Day with all the action cutting in and out, so you don't really know which show you're watching in the three-hour window. Um, Dick Wolf said there's going to be plenty of mysteries, both medical and criminal, um, and the crossover premieres during the Fire's fourth episode. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Legacies just revealed new photos from the first episode, and Hope is a no-call no-show. We can't blame her, though. I mean, she's stuck in Malivore, remember? 
But despite the title being called I'll Never Give Up Hope, Landon seems to be doing just that as he's looking awfully chummy with Joe, one of Alaric's twin girls. And you know what? As much as like it pains me to see them together and it's unclear if they're just friends or if they're more than friends, we can't really blame him because Landon and the rest of the people at the Salvatore School for the Gifted honestly don't remember Hope at all after she made her sacrificial jump into Malivore to save them. Um, now, this sets up the second season for a lot of interesting storylines that probably wouldn't have been able to happen had Danielle's character Hope not jumped in. Now, Danielle Rose Russell seemed pretty pleased with the direction of the show, saying that this twist allows for a lot of freedom. Uh, They can explore different situations and dynamics because it's justified now. And it'll be fun until everyone remembers hope and all hell breaks loose. I mean, what else would happen when you realize that suddenly there's this person in your life that you completely forgot about? I mean, not your own fault, but still. Um, I don't know how they're going to bring back Hope's memory. I'd really love it to be one of the original, living originals, like Freya or Cole, to just pop in and be like, hey, where's my niece? And they're like, who? Uh, You know, it could be some kind of loophole that since they weren't in Mystic Falls, when Hope jumped in, they can still remember her. But since none of the original cast members have signed on to guest star, I think the series is going to run with Raphael's werewolf state, Um, reminding everyone of Hope's existence. If you remember in the season finale, uh, Hope helped Raphael turn into a werewolf, and then she didn't turn him back before she jumped in, therefore meaning that he's probably the only one who still remembers her. All right, let's move on to new shows on my list for the fall TV season. I already have an extensive list of shows that I watch because I seriously watch TV all the freaking time. Um, And with the limited time that I have available after work, I don't have too much room to add on too many new TV shows. But I do have a little room. Um, Nancy Drew uh, has made it to my list because it seems like Riverdale's love child. And since I love Riverdale and second grade me loved Nancy Drew, it's just a must on my list. I'm giving Batwoman a whirl since I, you know, it seemed rather promising following the Arrowverse crossover. Ruby Rose, she seems like she'll make a fantastic superhero. And honestly, we can never have enough female superheroes. Uh, Almost Family on Fox is one of the shows that I'm so excited about, but it also airs on Wednesday. So it's making it so tough to add it to my schedule. Um, The premise is intriguing. Um, It stars... A woman who was an only child who finds out that her fertility doctor dad used his sperm to conceive more than a hundred kids. I mean, if you thought the Pearson family was huge, just think about these guys. Um, So not only is the premise like super intriguing and fresh and unique, but two of the sisters are going to be played by Brittany Snow and Young and Hungry's Emily Osment. Uh, I love both of them. I love their work. And I think that this cast is solid, that this show is going to be successful. Um, The one show that I'm most, most, most excited about um, is this season's version of Manifest. So ABC's Emergence. Um, 
I'm a sucker for a sci-fi thriller, and after watching the first nine minutes of the trailer a few times, look, I was looking for clues, okay? Um, the show is on the top of my DVR list. Honestly, anything with Allison Tomlin looks really, really promising. And sure, the plane crash and the supernatural powers kind of give off a very familiar vibe. It's It's been done. It kind of happens in every sci-fi show. But I loved Manifest, and since ABC is promising some real answers to come about at a at a very good pace, um, they're not going to make you wait for like a whole season to get one little answer. Um, I'm willing to give it a try. I'm hooked, and there's no turning back, you guys. Uh, you can watch the full nine-minute trailer at CraveUTV.com. Um, and that's that. With all of this upcoming fall TV goodness, our summer shows are kind of winding down and yeah, it's a little sad. Um, Two TV shows I was obsessed with during the scorching summer months were Younger and Grand Hotel. So this is where I'm going to be breaking down those season finales and you guessed it. I don't want you to stop listening, but I also don't want to spoil it for you because I hate when people spoil things for me. So circle back around when you've, you know, watched the season finales and then we can talk about this together, okay? So the younger season finale, which aired last Wednesday, um, was disappointing, you guys. I mean, the season itself wasn't the greatest, but the finale was just like it failed on so many levels. Uh, Diana's big day, her wedding, was overshadowed for less important storylines that revolved around Liza's tired love triangle, like her choices between Charles and Josh and Charles and Josh and Charles and Josh, and literally that was the whole season. Um, Diana is the diva of the show, and she deserved to have more than 10 minutes on screen. Like her walk to the altar ended abruptly. There were no vows being exchanged, which I wanted to see because I'm pretty sure she would have said some super romantic things to Enzo. She was shortchanged for all of Liza's back and forth drama. And I'm I'm torn because I understand the back and forth. I love both of them. I love Charles and I love Josh. And I think that they both offer Liza something super unique and different. And they fulfill her in different ways. But at the same time, She's an adult who needs to make a choice and move on with her life. I mean, both guys have good qualities, but trying to keep them both around is selfish. It's unfair to everyone involved, even Liza, and it's going to end up costing her a relationship with either one or both of them. I mean, how long can they both hang around until she makes up her mind? I've said this for a few seasons now, but maybe the whole point is that Liza just needs to choose herself. Though I want to see her explore her feelings for Charles since, you know, they've been teasing this relationship since younger season one. But then when they finally did go public, they really never had a chance to explore their relationship. They were gypped of any cute dates or intimate moments. And it was, I mean, it was just kind of crappy for all the Team Charles fans. But I do think the point the series has been trying to hone in on since the premiere is that age doesn't matter. Even during this season, they made it a point for Liza to deliver the line, age isn't a number, it's an attitude, which she needs to start living by. 
She's been dodging Josh and trying to suppress her feelings for him because she's allowing the age gap to interfere with their relationship. She doesn't think he's right for her because he's younger and she thinks that she should be with someone more suitable like Charles. But the whole premise has been about a woman who doesn't let her age stop her or put her in a box. Therefore, Josh needs to win this one, even if Charles is a charmer and an all-around great guy. I really hope season seven of Younger gets back to its roots and just gives us the Liza that we've fallen in love with. Now on to the Grand Hotel finale, which was filled with riveting twists as it disclosed what really happened to Skye the night of the hurricane and left fans on a major cliffhanger that deserves a season two. Come on, ABC, make it happen. So Skye's murderer turned out to be Helen's husband and hotel janitor, Mr. P, who we sometimes refer to as Malcolm. Uh, It wasn't Gigi or Helen, as the series wanted us to believe the whole time. But honestly, for a moment there, I was like really convinced that it was one of the two ladies because they both had motive. The whole episode unfolded like this interactive game of Clue, and it led us to like all these bombshells. Mr. P was lying on his deathbed when Danny confronted him about the murder. He admitted that he killed Skye to protect his family since she wanted to tell Santiago that he was Jason's real father. I mean, that's a good motive. He tried to play it off like he was killing Skye was an accident. But, you know, bludgeoning somebody to death in the back of the head doesn't necessarily scream accident to me. Um, But I truly don't think that Skye is dead. Danny, you know, accepted Gigi's account of what happened kind of at face value, but, you know, no one disclosed what they did with Skye's body or how they took care of it or where they buried her. And one of the rules that I follow dearly when it comes to television shows, and I thank Julie Pleck for teaching me this um, from The Vampire Diaries, is that if you don't see a body, chances are the character is not dead. So if a season two does happen, I fully believe that we might see Sky again. Uh, maybe she has amnesia. I mean, this is a telenovela. Like, that's totally possible. Uh, Danny took the high road when it came to Malcolm and told him that he'd keep a secret for two reasons. Karma already got him with his cancer diagnosis. I mean, he was going to die. It was inevitable. And then he also didn't want to drop all of this on his best friend, Jason. And there was a lot of growth when it happened to Danny from being that impulsive waiter that came in at season one and wanted to just get revenge at any cost to now being this more level-headed person who sees that he has a lot to lose and cares about the people that actually work at Riviera Grand. And like protecting Jason is major. I mean, imagine finding out that the man that you thought your whole life was your father wasn't really your father. And on top of that, you find out that he murdered your best friend's sister all as he was dying of cancer. That would crush Jason. And I mean, if there's a season two, he'll likely find out in some way. But for now, I think it's best that we just let him grieve. So with those mysteries put to bed, you would think that Grand Hotel would like wrap things up on a happy note, especially because season two isn't guaranteed. But no, they added another life or death mystery as the cliffhanger that like literally left fans wanting more. And now if ABC doesn't give us more, we're all going to be a little upset. 
Santiago was shot on his way to pay Helen a visit to convince her that she should tell Jason the truth. Now, there's plenty of people who have motive to kill Santiago. Mateo tops the list because he snuck away in the middle of the night after sleeping with Ingrid to make one last mistake, like as if sleeping with the girl that you got pregnant and then killed, accidentally killed her baby wasn't a mistake enough. I think it's too obvious though, but I wouldn't mind if he was the one to tell Jason the truth and in turn, Jason went and shot Santiago. It could be Helen because she was very adamant about keeping the secret locked away from Jason and she said multiple times that she would do anything for her family. Um, There's a possibility it's Gigi who might be upset because Santiago doesn't want to fix things between them after he found out she lied about the suicide note. But all my money is on it being Felix and Carolina. You know, I think the father-daughter duo teamed up to kill Santiago and wanted to snag his inheritance money. Catalina did just tell her father, who has a clear vendetta against Santiago, that he added the twins into the will. And Felix was on his way into town, so the timing is just a little too suspicious. Um, I think it would also make the best twist. We could explore, you know, the toxic nature of Felix and Santiago's relationship, because there has to be more than just animosity over Gigi. Um, Carolina could be revealed as someone that's a little bit more smarter than she's been made out to be and maybe a little less useless. Um, Her father is this criminal mastermind, so it would make sense that one of the twins kind of inherited that too. Uh, But you know, all of that is speculation and unless there is a season two, which again, ABC, please give us a season two, um, we won't know for certain. But anyways, what did you guys think of the finale? Are you happy with how Sky's story was wrapped up? Do you think she's still alive? And who do you think shot Santiago? I'd love to hear all of your thoughts about what you're excited to watch this coming fall and what you thought about all the summer finales. Did you agree with me? Are you happy with the cliffhangers? Um, You can read all of my musings on CraveUTV.com and catch up with all the show stuff there until my next episode. Thanks for tuning into Mimosa Talk. I hope it wasn't a complete disaster. Uh, Subscribe, share this with your TV-loving friends, and make sure to stock up on champagne and orange juice for next week's episode. Bye!